Welcome to episode eight of the Casual Shooter Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave, your host, and my co-host today, Leo and Chris, as usual. All three of us. Um, Hello. <laughs> that, that, was saying, hi. that was Leo's entrance of the Hey. Yeah, was, hey I know, me. but you didn't you didn't do one, Huggy. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like, you know, the show throw up a peace sign. Hey. Okay, you're the that silent. works on YouTube. That doesn't work on the actual podcast, though. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Peace sign. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about, so I'll just kick off one of mine real quick. Get after I think it. it's I think it's going to be a longer um, topic. Okay. So, for the past week or two, um, maybe closer to two weeks, mm, no, I'm going to say for the last month and a half. <laughs> Let's just totally change that. Um, this got serious. I've been, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about an episode of someone else's podcast that I heard that had to do with commercialism of USPSA. Now, totally against it. There's an area director. I won't say what area. Um, it is on the other podcast, though, so you can go and listen to it if you want. Um, that he felt that we, we have 35,000 members. We should probably have 10 times that number at 350,000. I don't necessarily disagree when you're talking, what, 80 million gun owners? You know? So 1% of 80 million is 800,000. Not, not a lot of people um, in, you know, 35,000 out of 800. So I understand where he's coming from. I also understood the points that were brought up by the individuals on the podcast that disagreed with him. They were like, it's already difficult enough to get into matches, especially major matches. A lot of them, uh, like what we had, how many were at Area 8? Like 350? Yeah. So uh, it, yeah, it's close close to four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So it filled up quick. Very. Cool. Um, and that was their concern. Um, I could see where you would end up having to take major matches and turning them in, turn them into multiple day events, kind of like a nationals, but where, <clears throat> well, we're already doing it where it's over three days, but I could see where you'd have to end up expanding that where. Staff day is on a Thursday, and then you have a Friday of regular shooters, a Saturday of regular shooters, a Sunday of regular shooters with, you know, anyway, what I'm getting at is I understand their concern that um, we already have issues with enough matches and competitions for everybody to go around. I think if USPSA is driving it, though, I think you can overcome some of those challenges. Making sure my phone is silent. Um, you can overcome some of those challenges if, they, if they're involved. But here's the biggest thing I'm getting at. I, wa I didn't want to bring this topic up until after nationals because I've shot a, a few majors, but I've never been to anything that uh, on the pistol side that is quite as big as um, nationals. I've been to Camp Perry for a high power rifle, so I understand that. 
but I've never been to a, an action pistol nationals. Now, I'm going to make a com well, let me back up. We got in because we had slots from that Shadowhawk gave to us, so we were able to go in with a code and schedule. Otherwise, we would have to wait till it opened up to the general public after everybody with slots registered and then whatever was left um, would be open to the general public. Now, something that I think the USPSA is missing out on is ranking. There's no ranking whatsoever. If you look at PRS, Precision Rifle Series, they're very young to all of this. They have a whopping 6,000 members. Now, it is growing, so that is not to slight them in the least. They are a growing sport. I like how they're doing it. Um, they have rankings. I was just on their webpage before we started our podcast. And you can see the rankings of all of their shooters. You can go to the regions and see how they're ranked and how many points each shooter has, um, which I like a lot. When they have their final match of the year, there is a cash payout. And they even tell you how much the payout is for the top five shooters based on the number of shooters competing. Um and it's not too bad. I feel that you end up getting a hodgepodge of competitors in the divisions at nationals every year. Uh, as I understand it, I could be mistaken, but Nils was down there. He was shooting production nationals. He decided, hey, I'm down here. I'm going to shoot limited nationals with my Canik, which is really a production gun. There's nothing limited about it. It's a minor power factor. There are no, there's no magwell. There's nothing like that. There's nothing about his gun that is limited in any way. And he ended up being fourth. That was also a topic on a different podcast, not the same podcast I'm talking about with the other topic and how there were people not on the super squad, like the guy that was on this podcast talking, he said, what, three of the five people that were, were ahead of him at nationals weren't even on the super squad. The guy who won limited was not on the super squad. So it was very interesting hearing all of this and then going back to the podcast from like August timeframe about commercialism. Um, I feel that it's time with 35 plus thousand members that USPSA has to start offering cash payout at nationals. Right now, all you get is a trophy and a prize off of a table. Okay, not too shabby. I mean, for the most part, they all have um, sponsors who pick up a lot of their tab, but still you have previous champions who are still in their prime who don't come to nationals. And I feel like a cash payout changes that, number one. Number two, 
The other issue where the guy said, you know, three of the five people in front of him were not on the super squad, that all changes if you make a requirement to qualify in the division you're going to shoot in. The only one I would make an exception for is the defending national champ. So Christian Seiler is the open national champ. Max Michelle is the carry optics national champ. We could go all down the line, but what I'm getting at is those guys get an automatic in to next year's nationals and they're on the super squad. Everybody else has to compete, get points for standings within the matches in which they compete, major matches only, not local matches, and then the super squad is made up of those people that are in that ranking. And if you did not, how do I want to say, if you did not earn enough points in a certain division, then you don't compete for the win. So you can't get a cash payout. You can't get any of that prize money because you were not competing in that division. You just decided on a whim what you're going to do. Um, I'm sure that would be controversial in itself. And I'm sure there is there would be some hangups in trying to figure that out. But I feel like you need to earn your spot into the super squad and it needs to be those people who have been competing in that division in these major matches and based on their performance determines where you are and they don't and you don't you don't just because you're down at nationals for one thing doesn't mean you automatically get to compete stay down there and compete in the next nationals in a different division what are your thoughts Huggy, you got any thoughts? Well, I mean, listening to it, I kind of relate this to almost like NASCAR. You know, when they had the the series championship and 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 everybody's racing for the points. You know, okay. um, and and that's what it sounds like that that you're trying to create is that people race for the points. Now, we all know, like in NASCAR, we all know who the top drivers are, and then that that top collective group. So they're going to be racing for these points. Now, what about, I think about, what about the people that don't have the name as some of like the top runners? You know, uh, can you get that Cinderella person to how do they slip in and be able to come right up out of nowhere and be like, hey, you guys didn't see me coming, but here I am and I'm in the chase now, you know, and and they give these guys, you know, uh, these these top shooters the run uh for the money uh I, I feel as if i'm not one of those top shooters i would love to be one of those top shooters i am a i am a decent shooter uh, for myself in my in, in my category i feel as if but i am not one of those um maxes or neils uh or silers so <clears throat> for them to run for the money, that's great. But then I go, well, <laughs> well, what do I get out of it? You know, I go down here and these guys are getting money and basically I'm paying them to win this money that I'm paying to get in. 
Um, so I kind of feel as if, well, what about me, the little guy? Because I, I, I like shooting and I enjoy it and I enjoy the competition. But, you know, the little guy kind of gets left out, which is fine sometimes. But I just feel as if you, when you get those top shooters and they're just going to be there all the time, they're going to be the ones making the money. They're the ones that are going to be getting the money. You know, and you you look at the people's like um, uh, that we've had on our podcast, you know, are they going to be able to get up in that in that arena, you know, with those guys to run for that money? You know, but however, I will say, like, you know, the saying goes any given Sunday, things can happen. Right. I agree. I agree with that 100 um, percent. But I just I also know that when you look at uh making that uh that group uh where they're going to be running and that that group is just a, like you said the super squad group it's like i'm not going to be in that super squad group so when i pay to enter in to the competition i'm pretty much saying hey guys here's my money go at it have fun i'll see you on the other side <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're doing. We're doing that now, anyways. Just nobody's yes. getting the money except for the USPSA. Like it, it's obvious that the three of us and the people in our squad weren't going to be winning the like their division, their class, anything like that. So we're already paying for somebody else to be the division winner. It's just saying that this, in conjunction with the idea that you're earning points to get there and actually earn a slot. You're competing to earn the slot, and now, yeah, usually the super squad people are going to be the ones that win, but you can't kill them from the couch. You know, you can't slay cardboard ninjas sitting at home. Like, if you don't go, you're definitely, 100% likelihood you're not going to win you're if right. you're sitting at home. You're right. Now, it was like trying to win that, that 50, uh, the 50 Barrett the yeah. other day. I had yeah. a 1% likelihood of winning. I paid $200 for a 1% chance. I could have paid $0 and had a 100% chance of losing, um, you know, but I paid $200 for a 1% chance that I might win. Actually, you paid you paid $200 for a 99% chance of losing. That is correct. Okay, well, I look at it the last 1% full, you know, some of us are a little bit more optimistic than others. But the point being, people are like... At the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody that is going to pay for somebody else to win. Yes. And, and I that's, that's that, what we're but, doing but, now. But then I'm also thinking that, okay, I like the idea of the points. So uh, if I go out here and I'm competing in all these local matches and everything of that nature, then I get those points to be able to move up. No. Not locals. Remember, no not locals. locals. We're talking majors. No locals. Okay, and, okay, even majors. So I, so every I go to these majors, and we're talking points for for the majors. So that means you know these guys who are sponsors are getting paid to go travel to these majors. Where myself, who is on a budget, who you know has a house and responsibilities, and just like you guys have families. You know, it's like we can't all go to all the majors to get the points so that we can be in there. So what do we do then? What about those guys? Well, what happens then? I don't care about those guys. Bye-bye. Okay. 
either this and this is what I'm and this is what I'm getting at. And it, this goes with me too because I'm in the same boat. Right. I, I I have one of two options: keep doing it for fun and wanting to get better. Right. Or turn it into your passion and become a professional shooter. Those are your options. That is true. That you is. make your you make your life choice. We the three of us have made our life choice. Yeah. Word. Yes. So yeah. you know, it had I had I known in my twenties about this, then maybe things would be different. You know, I just learned about this a few years ago. It it is what it is. Yeah. But the other part is you like I said, you have national Previous national champions in their prime not competing. You're not drawing the best competition that there is. By offering cash payouts, you're going to get those people who are passionate about it, who take it from being a hobby to a passion to being driven to be the best. Now you're increasing your level of competition all around. Right. And actually... I'm okay with getting points for local matches, um, but they would be, you know, the points right. for local matches might be 10 points. The points for a, a major match based on whether it's a level two or a level three would be much greater. So your yes. standings in yes. those matches yes. would be much greater. Right. Yes. They're but, there's no way, <laughs> but there's no way a Huggy, a Poe, or a Grumpy is going to earn enough points to be on a super squad or even in the top 50 to compete at nationals is what I'm getting at. Right. Regardless Unless, of how many locals you're shooting because exactly. the points aren't rated as highly. Right. Exactly. Right. So, but, and the thing is, at the end of the day, I think, I think the perspective is, is that the, the, to get the maximum out of the sport, to grow the sport, as much as is possible, you need to get the draw of the people that are bringing the the regular Joes along. You know, like I I didn't go to win anything the nationals. I went to have fun, shoot, and to hopefully watch people that I look up to in the sport and maybe learn something. Um, and I think the point is that you're bringing you're bringing the level of competition up. You're making it more balanced across the board because like, like Dave is saying, when people that are winning divisions aren't going to nationals because there's no incentive to go to nationals and they'd rather go teach a class because it's going to make them money. Then what's the, like nationals, it, it's like having an asterisk, like, Oh, this person won, but really only because somebody wasn't there. Right. For the like guy that wins Cause you're like, Oh, I didn't win against the best. I won against everybody else. Right. And, and I, regardless, I mean, they are, I, and I agree with you, they are, de they, you can look at it as there being an asterisk. It could be no different than if Max didn't show up this year. Um, now I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out at you, Huggy. Jason Bradley shooting a cannon out of nowhere, second at nationals behind Max Michelle. He's not a professional shooter. You know, he doesn't have any huge sponsorships going on that's paying for all his stuff. So it's all about, like what Leo said, you can't slay cardboard sitting on a couch. These guys got up. Christian Seiler was a 19-year-old college kid when he won nationals. He went from third one year to winning the next year. And then he and JJ were in a heated battle this last year, and he came out on top. 
He's a kid. He's going to college. And he said in his interview before that this was not going to be his career, but it's a, it's enough of a passion and he has a desire to be the absolute best he can be. So therefore he is at the top. I'm okay with these guys getting a, it's no different than football where if you make it to the playoffs, what do you get? Huggy you get a bonus. What do you, what happens if you win each you get, you playoff get thereafter? You get bonuses, you get paid well, and your in okay. your contracts get extended, and everything. I I get it. I and I yeah. agree. I understand exactly what you. <laughs> He's all... trying not to be on board, but he really is on board. Right, right. You know, well, what? I'm gonna let's, I'm let's, gonna beat him say... down with the football. <laughs> right. So let, let's call it like it is. You know, you're right, but I'm also thinking. I'm trying to think of the, uh, you know, the average Joe, who, like you said. Loves the sport. Just like today. I shot today and I lost deal. And I shot with a group that just you could just feel the passion. They they're not the the greatest shooters ever, but we had the best time. I mean, they loved it. And again, just for the people out there listening, they all love Dave and Leo. So they were asking about them. But anyway, uh the point being is that. They're the average Joes. How how are they going to, you know, they they look at they heard me talking about nationals and they were like going, hey, really? You went to nationals? How was it? What was it like? Blah, blah, blah. I like to go. I like to compete. I like to get to that level. But, you know, they're thinking like, you know, hey, look, look at these guys, you know, the the Neils and all that stuff. They're not gonna be in that level. I just want the passion and the fun like we had when we were down there. I get exactly what you're saying. I look at I I also enjoy watching NASCAR and I watch the point uh, point chase and them racing for the points and everything. I put this almost side by side, just like you, what you're trying to build, racing uh, for the points. And uh, I, I would have to sit down a little bit more look at a few more things, but I think you have a great idea. I like it. I, I think it's something that would be great for the sport. Uh, I think you would pull a lot more people out that, that are very good shooters. Um, just like Leo said, there are, there, there are a couple shooters that sat out. I know one in particular, because uh, we all watch his videos, he didn't even show up, you know, this year to shoot because he's like, I'd rather make money teaching classes and we all know that if he had a, uh, appeared at the uh, nationals, some of the people probably would not be in the position that they are in because he would have walked away with it. But what, what was he rather make Fi uh, make a financial gain versus having an asterisk saying, congratulations. Here's a, here's a trophy. Thanks. But I could be making money. I get it. I, I truly do get it. Uh, how do we go about doing that? Um, we're just going to tweak some things, like you're saying. We're going to tweak some things to make it uh, to make it work. And uh, I think it's something that you know the president and whoever else are going to have to sit down and really figure that out. Yeah, the I, area directors definitely, I think, need to start weighing in on something like this. And I, I will say, to be very clear, the asterisk is just it, it, it's hyperbole. Obviously, I don't think like the pe people earned their 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 yes. victories. Like yes. no one is taken away from the fact that they are 
amazing elite level athletes that have done and accomplished great things that I, I can only look at and be like, I'm going to be that guy one day. Um, but to, to speak to your point though, I don't like NASCAR or like football, like people are going to watch and participate at the lower levels because they have the passion, like the, the, the inability to achieve that level isn't going to stop people from trying. I, I don't think. Because you're always going to have peewee football. You're always going to have go-kart racers that are like, oh, they're always going to have basketball players and high school football players that are going to be like, I'm going to be a baller when I get older. You're always going to have those people at our level that are going to be like, hey, if I dedicate myself, I can do it. The, the point is you need to be the person that actually follows through with that. Yeah. So I think you're just whether you commercialize it more or not, there's always going to be that person or those groups of people that are going to try. However, if you do commercialize it and incentivize it, that and statistically, even though I know nothing about math, I know statistically speaking, <laughs> the more people that are involved, the greater likelihood that you're going to find the next Max, Casey, Nils wants it like whoever like you're gonna find that next person if you get incentive to actually go out and do it if you don't they're just gonna sit here and be like eh it looks interesting but you know it costs me money instead of the possibility of like gaining me something in the future getting me a career putting me in with a manufacturer colt sig canic whoever you right. know the ability to to earn is what's going to drive that forward in the future because we're at a, a we, I think the sports plateaued a little bit where we're at a point where we're like okay what's our next move to to make it bigger to make it better to to diversify and and I'll bring this up I was talking to a um a coworker of ours and um he used to be at the academy Leo he just left recently um, I on, may the or fire may that is. on on the fire side, uh, Chris, he may or may not be in health and safety right now, filling <laughs> in. Um, so that should give you guys an idea of who it is. Right. But we got into this conversation yesterday in between the nine thousand calls I was running, and um, you know, we kind of compared it to like the X Games. I mean, how long did it take Tony Hawk and Sean White to make any money? Uh, who was it? Tony Hawk, I think he said, started in the early 80s doing the skateboard stuff. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the mid-90s that he started making actual money on it. And now look how big the X Games and all of that is. He's yeah. got video games with his name on them. Right. And that's what I'm getting at is my point here is why not look at it from that perspective? Here we are skateboarding in 1980 for USPSA, where do we want to be in 10 or 15 years? Can we make it to where it's a bigger sport? Uh, there's already a world shoot, so there's already worldwide competition. Why couldn't you turn it into something bigger and monetize it? And then, like we're saying, you're going to draw people out of the woodwork who have the skill, the ability, and the drive to become that next, that next Max Michelle, Eric Graffel, um, Ben Steger, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rob Latham, those people who are huge in the sport 
that half of the world or or eighty percent of our population doesn't even know about. Right. Ninety percent. No idea that these elite level people exist. Right. No clue. You you could have the next shooting Michael Jordan out there somewhere where people that have never watched a basketball game or have never seen a shoot are gonna be like, I know, I know who that guy is. Right. Like, why do Filipinos in the Philippines know more about shooters here than we do? It's sad. I'm just saying, like, again, these are people yeah. that you can, that they have achieved a level that the normal human without any kind of training is not going to achieve. And yet we're like, meh, okay, well, we don't want to, we don't want to, for whatever reason, commercialization has become like this taboo, which I think is bonkers because I hate to get political. This is America, Jack. We are a land of entrepreneurship and and making things better. And we're like, nah, I don't want to make it too good because that would suck. Like, why make things just a little bit better? Well, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate because... I don't want to hear it, but go ahead. You, you And I think you already know exactly where I'm go going ahead. with it. It's fine. Okay, I think. Um, but it... it I, I think the, I think the sport should grow, but right now we have, uh, and I hate to get into this political arena. I really do because it just it just puts a bad taste in my mouth and it pisses me off. But you just got those people that are like, oh, oh no, we're advocating this and we're advocating that, and it's like, really, it's a sport, okay? We, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now from. Uh, a former football player that played football up to an, uh, an elite level. Okay. It's a gridiron sport. It's a gladiator sport. I went out there and I tried to hurt people, destroy people. Now I granted that. Yeah. The NFL is trying to be a lot nicer and, and, and not hit players and all of this stuff. But you know what, when I played, it was either you either get hit and get hurt or you hit them to hurt them. And you know what? I went out there to destroy somebody and I just, you know what? And, and I'm sorry that I, I get into this whole thing. Cause, um, but I think this, these people are going to be the ones on the outside. They're going to be like, Oh, you guys are promoting a bad sport. Oh. And I, I personally don't think it's a bad sport. I love the sport. I think this thing should go to the next level. I think this thing should be great. Okay. I agree with you guys 100%. But how do we get these the people to understand that this is a sport that's a fun? But it's sport. numbers. It's numbers. It's well, there's protection it in numbers. The more people that do it, the fewer people right. that you have on the outside looking in. Right. That, that's. But I'm I'm telling you that we need that numbers. We need to get more people in here to get more people in the sport. And like Dave said, maybe the financing is what we need to bring in to say, hey, look, here's here's a cash payout for you guys to be if you pay if you. If you make the chase, if you win the championship, you get this. If you get second, you get this. If you third, you get this. You know, I, I we need to do something to make it more competitive and bring out these uh, shooters that stay home uh, to the to the championship to give that race. You know, um, but at the same time, I also am like on. I really don't want to hear these people that are like, oh. It just fucking drive me. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I almost said it, but I didn't. I caught myself. But these people that just drive me nuts that that are going to be like, we're promoting something else. So I think that 
we need to figure out a way to promote this sport to show that, hey, that this is a great sport. This is a great sport, and this is something that people should come out and and try and enjoy. And those guys that you that are that are staying home need to make this chase and show that the you know, hey, there like you said, there is a Michael Jordan sitting at home and about to come off the couch and be like, whoo, hey, here we go, you know. Well, and, and I've said it uh, like I think Dave's kids are a great example. Well, kids, they're they're grownups, but Dave's boys are a good example. Like the day that we shot with them, I was like, man, if they had the passion to do this, these jokers could freaking destroy people. And I don't know if it's just genetics or or it's, what. It's that six foot tall slim thing. It's got to be because they're like, they listen, Dave made beautiful boys and those boys are assassins without even trying and yeah. and we've talked yeah, about this yeah. before. Like, if they tried yeah. even a little bit, they could be out there and just getting after it all day. And I hope that when my boys are old enough, they have. I mean, it could be for anything, but I would I would love it to be something that we shared, obviously. Um, but if they are into this, I will push it as much as I can without hopefully being the creepy dad that's like, "You will do this." But like again. There's potential for this to become something more than it currently is. And not that it's bad. Like, again, USPSA, IDPA, Three Guns, Steel, like all those things could be, could have such a great influence if we weren't so scared to commercialize. I don't know why there's a fear. And I, I mean, I do know, like, I know that Dave and I talked about this, that some other people on those podcasts have said like, oh, you're just going to have a bunch of, you know, chuckleheads coming out and it's may, might water it down or whatever. Well, that's one way to look at it. Or again, it could bring out the next best thing since the sport of shooting existed. But right. you're never going to know it, if you don't motivate somebody to, to be like, hey, I'm going to do this. And look, and going back to the percentages, I just did a quick Google while you guys were talking. I watched the so just, glasses. <laughs> um, it looks like about 40% of American households have guns. 40% of American households have guns. And it looks like at a minimum, 72 million citizens have guns. We have 46% of the world's guns in this country. Now, going back to safety and numbers, if you recruit them and you can, maybe commercialize isn't the best sport, the best name. Monetize. But if you can, if you can grow the sport and make it more um, of a household name, then you you now have recruited <clears throat> all of those people into the two A lifestyle. And you help protect those things. So you grow more than just the sport. You grow protection. You grow the sport. You draw people in. Look, Christian Seiler's like, <clears throat> I'm probably not going to be a professional shooter. I'm going to finish my college degree. I'm going to move into something else. But what if, what if he knew, like the other sports, that he could make a decent living, a good living off of this sport? Does that now change his mind? He still gets his degree, but now he has more avenues. Maybe he goes into executive administration type stuff with a degree 
he's getting a, a business degree in Washington that's hard to get into. It's a very select business school. So is that not someone, a former national champ, two-time national champion at this point, with a business degree from a very select school, now helping to grow the sport, deal with partnerships with other TV, uh, I'm not going to say ESPN, but other TV conglomerates, mm-hmm. you know, and other and sponsors and just growing it. The United States Shooting Foundation or Shooting Sports Foundation, all of that, you know, growing it, putting all of the shooting sports under a huge umbrella where it can be much greater as a whole where we can all help each other. Yeah, like how would you not want somebody like that helping you brand a, a sport like this? And again, it's not just USPSA. It's USPSA, IDPA, 3-Gun, Steel Challenge, like all those, the P, uh, Precision Rifle Series, like all those things. You know, Outlaw Steel, everything that that falls under. Even something friggin' bow hunting. I mean, all these things that can, if you get somebody like that on your team that's like, oh, maybe I can make this into a career. Like, how awesome is that? You're right. you're affording somebody I, I, the ability I, to help you protect yourself. Right, and I agree. That's so awesome. But we also have to look at the behind the scenes because we're talking about all these finances to pay out uh, the players or, or the athletes to come out here and shoot. But and you're saying putting this on like, you know, ESPN and stuff like that. I know. No, I didn't say that. I okay. said. Well, um, still just commercializing it means it's going to have to get televised. It's got to have to be something to promote it. So behind that being that televising it is money. So agree. How, much is co- how much is going to cost to advertise it? How much is it going to cost to put commercials together? Uh, you want to put it out there and then that means and we got to have to run shows on sports channels how much is a sports channel going to charge you know the uspsa to run an, an episode or the competition out there it actually gets kind of costly i don't know the numbers offhand but i do know that it does become costly because i was a little bit involved and i say a little bit involved uh in some of the stuff and when i was doing the firefighter combat challenge it actually becomes costly behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see that goes on because they're in front of the curtain, not behind the curtain, where there's a lot of doling out of money and making contracts and making deals and saying, how much is this going to cost of us? So I think it's a great idea. But again, we got to look at the behind the scenes, how much it's going to cost to get this thing going. And that's what we got to really, really look at. And I don't know if the president of the USPSA is looking at something like that, going like, hey, I, I agree with you guys, but guess what? It's going to cost this much. So now I got to raise the prices for everybody to this amount to get this going. You know, and I know a lot of people get upset. Even now for local matches, the prices have increased. And so some people get upset now because they're like going, why are you increasing it? Because they're like, hey, look, I've got to pay for this. I've got to pay for that. i got to do this in order for us to get this. So um, I think you have a great idea. But we definitely have to look behind the curtain to see what the finances are going to be. So I think 
it's something that needs to be talked about with the president. I'm not the person to talk to him about it, but I would love to hear what what goes on, what what the finances are going to, what, where they're being spent at, and how can we make this uh, a more, uh, like you said, I, I don't know. And I don't want to say, like Leo said, I don't want to say commercialized, but more uh, out there sport. You know, yes, yeah, we gotta we gotta work on our branding. You know who we can talk to? We can get Casey because her and Mr. Foley are on a first name basis. Apparently, we can ask her to ask him to be on the podcast, <laughs> and we'll make it happen, and it'll be perfect. And then everybody, you're welcome. We're gonna fix USPSA's people getting paid for going to nationals system in one podcast. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're just that good. <laughs> We'll have a strategy meeting and everything right here. And everybody's going to be able to see it on YouTube. There you go. And, and, and I know there's a lot of expense with this as well. But I think probably need to grow the partnership. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, oh, yeah. the, the greatest thing the NFL ever did was Monday night football. Pete yeah. Rozelle did Monday night football and the sport took off. And it's dominated every other sport since then. So, absolutely and that's so, and maybe we need to put a survey out there to say, hey, what can we do to make this better? You know, to take it to the next level. Maybe some shooters are going to sit there and say, hey, I would like to see this televised. Uh, I like to see this, you know, instead of shooting on the weekends, shooting on a, a Wednesday or something. I don't know. But we might have to do that and put a survey out there and get information so that way we can go to the next level. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then just picking partnerships that will actually help again with branding. It's such a big deal when you see somebody. I mean, listen, we have I don't know how many David would know the number of how many actual listeners we have. But how like when we wore our shirts to the shoot on not the steel challenge or not the steel one that you went to today, but the, the classifier match that we went to. How many people yeah. are like, hey, I'm going to listen to the show just because we had a shirt on. It's like, hey, this is our podcast. Like branding right. is a big deal. And if you make the and you select the appropriate partnerships, then we can we can make things bigger. We can make things better. We can make things more recognizable. And then you'll have, you know, all those dudes on Wheaties boxes. <laughs> yeah. And ladies, don't for, ladies as well, obviously, because yeah. there's find the next Doug Flutie. <laughs> Except not Canadian. Right. <laughs> we have enough. We have met enough Canadians. There two is my limit. They're amazing people, but you know, I'm two for now. And I mean, I mean, you can even you can even look at um, the Williams sisters. I mean, how great of ambassadors would they be in sixteen the and seventeen? Side? Yeah. You're telling me that two. Athletic and capable young ladies at the ages of 16 and 17 can't help grow your brand. Exactly. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They have their fingers on the pulse of stuff we don't understand because we're basically ancient at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys, I'm, I've still got some vitality left. <laughs> but I agree. Think. Physical I, next month. I agree with you. The, those young ladies are. Just we just brought them up today when I was up there at this uh, Outlaw Steel uh, competition or local shoot today uh, about how those young ladies are so awesome and how they are you know 
how, how that they are enjoying the sport and, and, you know, they just go out there and have a good time. And yet when they get up on the line, you know, it's business. But then when they come off that line, it's all like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, having a good time. And that's what we need. We need the, the for them to be the ambassadors to, to the younger generations to bring them up to say, Hey, look, enjoy this. This is a fun little sport, you know? So I agree with you. Um, and, and that we should, we should use them as the ambassador, youth ambassadors. So, um, I, that, I mean, yeah, that, thank you for, for that thought. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well, that's the thing though. Like everybody right now in this sport is, is basically Marshawn Lynch. Like they're surviving and getting, they've made a career based on, on, uh, endorsements and branding as opposed to being paid athletes. You know what I mean? Like. They're not like a basketball player right now that gets paid and then the additional income or, or football, because I said Marshawn Lynch, um, you know, their their main income isn't competing and doing the sport. It's 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 advertising and all those partnerships that they've managed to do. And again, if you can make that a supplement as opposed to the actual paycheck, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm not getting paid by anybody, no, well, except the department. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they're not even paying for this, so we're not getting paid. Which is good. They're not supposed to do that. So uh, that's right. That's right. So you know, we we are freelancing right now. But yeah, but I, I I I agree with you. Um, but when you you brought up the the person Marshawn Lynch, and I think that's a something you use right now. What what? happen is what they use the name called beast mode you know he said beast mode i go beast mode you know and then that took off you know somebody's like oh yeah we can take that and brand it and he's going yep right tm he is going beast mode so it's almost like we have not a sponsor not a sponsor not even a little bit nope (laughs) yeah but we have to there, there has to be something like that with you know the Williamson girls to be like, oh they've gone something you know they've done this or whatever they've got to have their niche and then <laughs> they done messed up AA Walmart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a fun story behind that, folks. Just so we're all aware, that is a we'll funny get into story. it one day. Um, just, but, but we are running a little long, so we'll talk about that one later. Uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> so. But, but yeah, uh, I, just here verbally trademarking cardboard, uh, slaying cardboard ninjas. That's all, that's ours. You can't have that one, people. Uh, yep. But anyway. can't be, can't can't be doing that. So, so I think that was that that was something good to talk about. I I, I enjoyed. It. Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh, in addition to everything I've already said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it needs to happen. I, I think I, I would, I mean, I have a lot of ideas about it. I've got like several pages actually of notes that I've taken on this topic. Um, but that's like, you know, this this would be a three-part series if we did that. I was that. about to say, this is probably part one. Yeah, just mentioning it, then getting into the meat of it. Um, 
but yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot of room to grow marketing wise mm-hmm. uh, and rec- marketing and recruiting. So there would be definitely more expenditures earlier on to grow the name and expand all of it. But I think it would be paid back tenfold in a relatively short period of time. Because I think it would be very easy to recruit the the pistol manufacturers with putting just a postcard size thing with each gun in those boxes that go out. Um, and again, like I said, if you if you were able to create an umbrella organization for all of the shooting sports, then you can have all of those shooting sports on those on that card in those purchases. So now people like have all of these options and even if they choose something other than USPSA, whether whether it be three gun or PRS or whatever, it's still another advocate out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's somebody on our side saying, wait a minute, you have you have all of these people out here competing that you're now saying are not worthy of owning a gun with a with a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds. And that's simply not the case. Um, now we're getting to politics. But anyway, I think there's a lot of growth that can be done. I really I, my biggest the biggest thing I have for this is wanting to bring in the highest level competitors that they are incentivize them knowing that there is a potential career in this without having to kill yourself every week or every weekend of your life to make ends meet Mm -hmm. so i would like to make it more mainstream bring in a lot more competition maybe even grow it a little bit more internationally and more sponsorships with those organizations. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Uh, I, I, right now, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised. And again, I, I'm not there in the meetings. Um, I'm not there to hear what's going on, which I wish I could be in, in here. But I am really surprised that some of these manufacturers and, you know, just even the parts makers and everything of that nature nature have not gotten with you know the uh uspsa the three gun nation the the other ones and really pushed it now i I know at one point in time three gun was pretty up there i mean i remember seeing it on tv and then it went bye-bye i don't know the legalities what happened but it disappeared so uh, I would. I think I might have to do some more investigation on that and find out what happened. But I think uh, you're right. We need to get those uh, those other um, manufacturing manu- gun manufacturers, the reps, the ammunition man- manufacturers, the other people out here, the aftermarket people, even to get involved in this to take that to bring that out because this is a great sport. And it it definitely can go to the next level and then some. Absolutely. So I, I think one of the well and, and I don't want to be the final thought on this uh ever, but this is this is it's an opportunity to use 
and not, I shouldn't say use, to have a sport be the thing that protects a right. And again, I, I don't ever want to be super political on this show, but the best way to protect something that is that is inherently a right for you is to make it so that people want to protect it. And there's safety in numbers. And the more people we have on our side, and the more that we can do something that we love to do, that is fun, yes. safe, yes, enjoyable, and, uh -huh. and is something that you can just that is inherently something you should be allowed to do. Yes. So let's let's get fully on a on a horn and make this happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. That's all I got. I, okay. I don't, I don't right. think we have time to talk about other topics today. But. Unless we want this to be a three-hour show. <laughs> 30, 35,000 would literally be 0.05% of all gun owners. That's nothing. Yeah. Right. Statistically insignificant. It's only half of a tenth of a percent. Yeah. Let's and let's make this not, let's make ourselves a statistical significance. It's only going to help. Yep. Well, there you go. There Science, you go. people. <laughs> Science. So, what do you guys have to say? Anything? So, well, let's hold on. Let me back up. So, Huggy, how was the match today? Oh well. Um... The morning match only had uh, 10 participants in it, so we actually divided ourselves up into five. Uh, so it actually went pretty quickly. Um, Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, the group I was in, um, uh, first I would like to welcome Dr. Laura into the Canic family. Yay, she's, she's, got a, she's got a Canic SFX. With the dot. Take that, Tyler Turner. Ah, that's a doctor. <laughs> yeah, so she was shooting that today, and um, I was very pleased to see that, and I, I welcomed her to the Canic family. Um, and um, But we had a nice little group. We had a good time. We, we had fun uh, and, and enjoyed enjoyed it. Um, it. It went quickly, and... It was over before you know it. I mean, we just had a good shoot. So, uh, did you wear your always, podcast shirt? Why, yes, I did. Okay, just checking. Well, yes, yes. Uh, I'm people were asking about it, and I told them, uh, just go to Shooters Casual Shooters podcast. And they were like, and I even had one person uh, asking, like, I looked it up and I can't find it. You know, just Google Casual Shooters podcast. Yep. You, you will find it. So yep. We're on the internet, when, folks. When, when I Googled it before I sent that email, the first two things that popped up were us that you can find on the internet. That's we're right. Googleable. Interwebs. That's right. Yeah, on the old interwebs. So, That's right. On the line. Thing. We are on the line. That's right. Yes. And everybody, again, uh, I'll say this, that everybody was looking for you too. Uh, you know, as soon as they, they saw me, they were asking, like, uh, where's Leo? Where's Dave? We're not coming back up here. So, again, you two are very, very missed up there. Everybody likes you guys up there. And 
uh, enjoy the, when the three of us are together shooting because they're like, we're just the three amigos entertaining everybody. <laughs> That's okay. Does that make me Martin Short or Chevy Chase? Yes. <laughs> I'll take it. It makes you Will Ferrell. Yeah. That is a win. If you ain't first, you're last, folks. That's true. <laughs> also not a sponsor, but still a fan. Shake it big, baby. Shake it big. That's right. That's right. So not a sponsor. Not no, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But uh, yeah. So, so uh, how many stages were there? Uh, there was actually like seven stages. Uh, and actually, they were actually really good stages. Uh, one stage made me have flashbacks. To the nationals, and I mean, when I when I say that, meaning that uh, so, PTSD. So you're saying or? you had a malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> I, he got me, but no, no malfunctions. Um, it was actually stage two at nationals, the memory stage. Memory stage, okay. yeah. So it was kind of a a mock memory stage, but with the uh steel so it actually was like oh my god i'm i'm, I'm having flashbacks oh this is gonna hurt <laughs> but um it was fun and uh i was like okay i know what to do i know where to do and i rent us i flowed through it and it worked great uh but i will have to tell you they came out with like that two inch steel <sighs> man the little square guy right they had the little square guy and the little yeah. round and the little round guy. Uh-huh. The round guy. Oh man. It made you work. It made you work. But it was good stages. There were some good stages. Texas Star was out, came out, and I actually had to say I smoked that. I was actually very happy of smoking the smoking the star. Um and um but it was all around actually a good shoot today. Um but then of course I looked up in the sky and I'm like, yeah, it looks like it's about to dump snow on us. <laughs> I mean, granted, the weather up there is 58 degrees right now, but it's it, the temperature, or I should say the weather is about to change and uh, it's going to get cold. <laughs> so I think this is going to. It's going to. It's, it's cold, man. Yeah, it's, it's cold. It, it, it it's is. not Canada cold, but it's cold. No, it's not. It's not. And as a matter of fact, I just had a friend. No earthquakes. Instagram, uh, who uh, shoots out in the northwest, uh, put their video up and uh, shot in the snow, like we shot in West Virginia. But theirs was even heavier snow, and I was like, nope, nah, yeah. it ain't happening, Captain. <laughs> I ain't doing that no more. Not yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm old, man. Not doing that again. No. Got bad knees, bad back. No, I'm, I'm out. And you're calling us ancient? Yeah, I'm imagining how you guys feel when I feel as bad as I feel. <laughs> There's less of you to carry around, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that was a life choice, I'm just saying. Fair point. You win this round. <laughs> I could just keep my big old gob shut, but have you seen my wife? You know, she feeds me. <laughs> and she you, scares me too so i'm what if she puts it in front of me oh, it's delicious i'm gonna mm -hmm, yep <laughs> so yeah well i'm glad you had fun and got to hang with the doc she's cool i like her yeah. she's good yeah. people shout out to the doctor
Yeah. yeah. Also not a sponsor. Yeah. And, uh, Denny, Denny, he was he was shooting with us and Scott and uh, had a new young lady, uh, Kim Moss. Um, but she usually shoots uh, Steel Challenge, but she she came out to shoot the Outlaw Steel today, and uh, and she did well also for her first Outlaw Steel. So it was a good little group, and we had a good time. So, but you guys were surely missed, and uh, everybody everybody asks about you guys all the time. So, well, don't call right, me sure. Leo, what, Leo, what do you have to say this week? <clears throat> oh man, I had so much stuff, but we definitely don't have enough time to talk about it. Um, but uh at some point uh it had to do oh actually it was a it was a piggyback onto your thing talking about the european extreme model and having uh, i saw julie gollop has was shooting in europe and she was on like day three of like 30 some odd stages and it just harkened back to talking to mike and lise about how like those european extreme matches and um how interesting it is to shoot that many stages um in a day because uh, to me that's crazy. That is um, a marathon. Yeah. So I do think, uh, you know, just like I said, to kind of piggyback on to the previous conversation, uh, I do think that would be very, very interesting for us to not necessarily adopt, but if we want to have more people at nationals with the ranking system, like, hey, you're going to shoot 22 stages in a day, and that's going to be your nationals. Um, or not necessarily, but something to that effect. Like, hey, there's going to be, you shoot this day, this this group shoots this day, this shoot, like, you know, so instead of three days of, you know, seven, seven, and seven, it's three days of you shoot your 20, 21 or 22, you shoot your 21 or 22, you shoot your 21 or 22, and at the end, we'll see who wins. And then, you know, the next three days is, okay, you guys shoot your next 21 and 22, and just depending on how many people are there, you know, so I do think it's interesting, uh, but it's also there's some endurance involved in that. Like my shoulder would not have held up for that long a day. I would be curious to see how many people compete in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, didn't they say you don't you don't they call it taping. You don't right. tape anything there. Yeah. All you're doing is shooting. Yeah. Staff does everything. You don't reset. You don't put uh, pacers up. Nothing. You just shoot. And then that's it. Well, and, and look, again, going back to USPSA, I mean, it's their nationals. Why can't they have the equipment necessary to be able to run it like that? You know what I mean? Where the staff does all the resetting and the taping, and the next person is standing on the ready mark, waiting for the staff to come back. And as soon as they walk back, they're like, make ready. Yeah. I agree with you 100% because I thought that w is what should have happened when we were at Nationals. I'm serious. When when you got three or four or five staff members sitting there, I'm like. And then I don't get yelled at for not resetting a stage, even right. though I'm the only one that reset a stage. I'm still mad right. about that. Right. And then the thing <laughs> of it is. Hashtag not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 100% pissed. But at the same time, if there is a. Yeah. Uh, uh, a discrepancy or something, you've got the officials there instead of, you know, two walking around. They're there setting it up and they can be like, oh, okay, oh, hold on. We got a problem over this one. So when you guys come over here, we got a conference about it. You know, go back to instant replay and be like, oh, you know. But 
Um, oh, yeah, and then there's no way that they can get mad at you for pasting early, and you're like, well, what was that? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. the staff's the one that screws it up. Put right. it on them. So, so I agree with you. Staff should have been uh, – I don't know why USPSA don't have the staff members uh, taking care of all that stuff. I mean, why, money. All you have to do is have a couple paster guns on every – That's right. Day. The USA supply or USPSA supply them, and they go in, and after they score, go to the next one, score, go to the next one, score, and you're done. That's right. I now, agree. I will say, let me back up real quick. The national champ who didn't show up, Ben Steger, came out on his podcast and said it was because of the ROs and how sloppy they've been the last couple of years. He did not want to put up with it. Oh, my. Very interesting. It, yeah. So it didn't have to do with money, but still. Anyway. I, I, I mean, I'd be I, willing to put up with some nasty people if I could get some money. <laughs> exactly. You, you give me 50 grand, That's I'll be like, point. all right, go ahead and be a, be, be, be sloppy. Well, and it goes back to that whole conversation that you and I have had. I'm pretty sure Huggy's been on in on this about the DQs and, and not punishing ROs, but having some kind of disciplinary action come down on RO. Cause we talked about that. My first nationals, we had somebody get DQ'd because they had a negligent discharge at the end of a stage where the RO said, unload and show clear if clear hammer down holster well the ro wasn't paying attention and he didn't he didn't watch the shooter pull them hey, he, the shooter didn't pull the mag out and he unloaded but all he did was load another round in and when he went to go drop the hammer was striker fire but he shot off around right and it came up the other day because we we prevented that happening at the shoot the other day and why isn't the ro getting punished or having some kind of action taken like you're disqualifying somebody because the ro didn't do their job right that's literally what they're there for right. as and, my and boss I, says to me all the time that is literally your job and the same doctor we were talking about she was shooting pcc yep yeah she shoots she used to shoot pcc yeah yeah and same thing happened and I saw it. So I'm like, whoa, stop. You know, I'm not an, I'm not even an RO. Right. But I'm just paying attention. So yeah. anyway. Right. I agree with you. And um just just like now, I mean, there should be some action taken against them. Um what that action is, I, I don't know. I mean I don't know either. Uh, but, but you just can't run shooters that like at a national or a major, you can't run a shooter. You gotta go be at the score table. Right. Just go sit in the corner. Yeah, nobody put the baby in the corner. <laughs> I just did. Go sit in the corner. You've been right. demoted. Yeah, <laughs> right. I agree. And we're gonna get you a crayon, not a pencil, because you can't even pay attention. You're right. You're right. So sorry, uh, I just it irks me. It, and I agree with you. It does irk you, irk you, and I I I can't say any better. Uh, but here, he, the president needs to come out and say something. They need to establish something to say this, you know, and and have the ROs to be a lot more responsible. Uh, and uh, and the ROs need to do something because it's to me sometimes it's like, oh, like at nationals, it's like I there's a couple ROs I will give them props. They did their job. I give them props. Yeah, and- I will say this go around, and we talked about it before. I think they did a, a very good job. There right. were definitely some standouts at certain stages that were, I mean, brilliant, amazing, super paying attention, on point. And then everybody else generally, I think, did a good job. Right. But there are some, there are some that I'm like, 
uh, are you just here for the t-shirt? <laughs> you know, you just want to wear a nice shirt. shirt. You know, they are nice shirts, but it's like, is that is that all you wanted to wear? Is just to wear the t-shirt and it's kind of kind of flex a little bit and be like, hmm, I'm staff. You know, it's like, come on. No, you should be out here helping people and making sure things are being run properly. So I will get off of that soapbox now. Cool. But yeah, that's what that's all I had. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.